This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Preview Show. Sponsored by PitchSport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast and for the last time this season, well it's just me and Heskiff as we look ahead towards our final game of the season at Anfield, a little look back at Arsenal from midweek and we'll probably look back on a bit of Roy's career and of course chat about the dreaded Eberesche as a injury. Let's get into it. Alexa, play Back of the Nest Podcast. Playing Back of the Nest, CPFC podcast, from Amazon Music. Back of the Nest, now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, getting straight into this this week, Heskiff. Straight in. It's the beer, it's beer off the bat. It's, okay. um, yeah, got a really... Um, Dry <coughs> kind of thing in the throat. Um, it's just an IPA this week. We just reflect um, from a place called Drop the Drop Project. Six point eight percent should do the business. Six point eight percent. Hopefully, by the end of this uh, this episode, we'll be rolling around the floor. I'm I'm not on a six point eight percent. I am on a four point seven percent red stripe lager out of the My Fridge Brewery. <laughs> very nice up the six or a fiver love it um so well where are we we've been we've been back in the stadium we've been we've been to watch the mighty red and blue play albeit not bad i'm not going to say badly the result was bad obviously i don't think the second half performance was bad but um yeah how was it back being back for you it was good like you say the result wasn't really what we wanted, but um, I, I tweeted pretty soon after full time that I, I found it very cathartic to be back uh, shouting C-bombs at opposition players, um, which I did on many, many occasions in the space of about a minute when Kieran, uh, Kieran Tierney was rolling around just in front of me holding his face because Joel Ward had sort of blown on the back of his ear or something. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, it was, like you say, the result wasn't great, but just being back in the stadium was fun, really mm. fun. I got in trouble in the uh, box for my language. Um, I had I had a lady steward come over and uh, ask me to moderate my language. Uh, someone, mm. had, someone had gone through the back of Wilfred Zaha and I jumped up and said, what the fuck was that? And that's, that's all right. That's not nearly as bad as I thought you were going to say. Yeah, it wasn't that bad at all. That's I was just like, I was like, are we in a football stadium? So, um, then I think there was six of us. There were six of us there, and I think five of us all got in trouble for our language. Uh, One, but- uh, I, I did get a, a message from from a friend of the show, Nick, who was with you, not Nick Gillard, uh, Nick Nick Howen, uh, who before the game sent me a photo of your luscious locks. <laughs> Uh, which was absolutely amazing. Um, I think if you were to watch, I would describe it as if you were to watch um, a Scandi detective series where they go to see uh, like a university professor to get the lowdown on this weird bit of research they need. Terence was that guy. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, when he then texted me after the game to say that you got told off for swearing, uh, Vanessa, my wife, said, Terry should have got told off for that haircut. <laughs> so I think there's, it's just as well it's uh, end of season. I think a bit of beef is going on there between you and her. Well, it's just I never leave the house at the moment unless, and when I do, I've got a hat on because it's quite cold out. So I've usually got it all covered in a beanie. So then when it comes to getting ready to go to this box, I was like, I do not know what to do with my hair. I don't. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with it. And in the... Uh, I, in the early pictures from the evening, it was rough. It got a bit, I, I sort of figured it out uh, halfway through the first half, maybe. But um, yeah, what, uh, it was quite the experience at the, the Legends restaurant. So for those that don't know, they've knocked out on the lower set of boxes in the Whitehalls. They've uh, nearly, nearly away fans, they've knocked out, I'd say, probably five boxes, maybe four boxes, and made it into what they call a Legends restaurant. And um, so we turn up, sit down at a table. We glance over to the table, literally straight next to us, and um, see a little name tag for Darren Ambrose. So lives up to his name, bona fide Crystal Palace legend. Sat right next to us. It's going to be pretty good. Off to a good start. Beers come out. Get get a couple of beers. All, all going nicely there. Come and take our food order. The chicken parfait is what I go for. Very nice. Um, well, well pronounced as well. uh it was all that was all mentioned the podcast from last week by various people at the table uh but i had the chicken parfait lovely um and that's it gets to five minutes before kickoff um no no mains have come uh head head over to one of uh there was like a bar area head over to the bar where all the waiters are and waitresses um hi it's a bit late now guys but um just wanted to let you know we haven't had our mains yeah we know (laughs) <laughs> yeah we know brilliant was, was the response it's like what was anyone going to come and tell us oh well we've had a problem with one of the kitchens not being able to open blah 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 all these excuses like what and I, i'm just like standing there in my jaw on my chest like people have come here from work like and haven't had dinner like yeah. you could have told us or like if the kitchen's closed like you you find a way to make it work when you're playing like you know if we weren't seen to go this has been 360 notes for a ticket you know it's ridiculous um so we go go out to the game uh watching the game from the balcony then um about halfway through half time uh the mains turn up 
hell. At least you've worked up a hunger by that point. Uh, which left a lot to be desired. The chicken was extremely dry. It was awful. Um, so that was that. Taters were terrible. Chicken was not parfait. Yeah. No, the chicken parfait was all right. And um, then it's it was supposed to be cheese, cheese and stuff at half time. That ends up arriving about five minutes into the second half. <laughs> Halfway through the second half, our desserts turn up, which was supposed to be served before the game started. Oh, God. Um, and some of the desserts are rice puddings, which we're out watching the game. They're just sat on the table now for like 25 <laughs> minutes by the time we get in there. Skin on rice pudding by the end. <laughs> and so it's just bone cold. And uh, one of our friends, Grant, who was with us, his missus was also with her because it was Grant's 40th birthday. Happy birthday, Grant. Um, his missus takes the bowl of rice pudding over to Darren Ambrose and says, Darren, stick your finger in my rice pudding. <laughs> <laughs> to which he's just like, no, thanks. <laughs> She's like, but it's freezing cold. And they got better this time. Darren Ambrose also hasn't had his food. So it's yeah. not just like, it's not just us. Darren Ambrose is still there starving. I hasn't had any food. It's the legends as well, not getting their food. <laughs> and um, so Grant is now like, you know, before I think Darren Ambrose, I think, you know, the screamer at Old Trafford, the goal at Hillsborough. Now I'm just thinking about my missus asking him to stick his fingers in her rice. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so outside of not basically not getting any food of any decent standard outside of the chicken parfait um being told to moderate my language um other than that yeah it was a great time it's good to see good to see the lads um who i was with um but to be fair to them uh we didn't even get out the building before they came out like the guy who's running the whole thing came over and apologized said we'll be in contact tomorrow um, with some options for you and they've offered us either a full refund or uh, oh. what they said. They said, we're happy to give you a full refund, but what we prefer is to um, you to give us another chance next season at a game free of charge, which is, I, I guess that's a, the perfect way to deal with that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I suppose that uh, they could have just been like, sorry, it's one of those things. Oh. Did you get your pie at full time? The pie, yeah, but there was no, there was no meat pies. They were cheese and onion pies, um, and it was, and the biggest bowl, bowl of mash like ever. Like Nick was like, it was that the mash for the whole room? And I was like, <laughs> no, that was like one portion of mash. Um, so yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was a mix of you know, like I say, if they a bit of communication to just tell us, look, we're having a mare out here. Is that food's going to be staggered all over the place? We've yeah. understood, but there were there was no, you know, no. No comments on it whatsoever. It was just all a bit, you know, just shocking. But yeah, I say they've made it right. We're going to go back next season. We'll give them the opportunity to redeem themselves. And um, yeah, because it would be like to do, I'd, if it was a good experience, I'd probably do it once a season, you know, like yeah. go with a family or something and just have a nice little treat once a year to do it. But um, especially like a game, but you've got to do it for a game that don't mean anything. We're talking about going back for maybe like a League Cup game next season or something. Yeah. Good. yeah just no, no one no one's way it's not like it's not that important in the early rounds because yeah i couldn't be up there for brighton i'd be thrown out within the first 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes if i'm um... if you get <laughs> off, off for an arsenal game 
Well, especially considering like these boxes are right next to the away fans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it would be. Uh, I'm not sure I'd even make the kickoff. <laughs> Did you uh, read or see even the Arsenal fans in the uh, in the White Horse? I think well, they were saying that there were some Arsenal fans in one of the boxes as well. Yeah, so we could. So we knew something was going on because. I hadn't seen them celebrating, but it became very clear very quickly that that's what had happened. And then you could see a bit of a kerfuffle going on and people like dragging them out. And, you know, where, but before in the past, in, in the Homesdale, when I've had away fans in there, I've had mixed responses from stewards. Most of the time, this, 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 the general response from them has been, oh, they have every right to be here, which mm-hmm. I just think is utter nonsense. And I was yeah. going to ask you about that. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to condone violence, but I feel like they should have got a, a rough throwing out <laughs> at the very yeah. least. I mean, I, I've come across the same. We had a cup game against Liverpool a few years ago, and there was a a Liverpool fan who was wearing a shirt. He was crowing after they they beat us. He was sort of puffing his chest out and walking around, and I had a bit of an argument with him. Vanessa came running in, taking her big gold hoops off, which, if you know. Um, <laughs> My wife, if you see the big hoops coming out of the ears, run away. <laughs> um, and and I spoke to Stuart about it. Then I was like, "What well, you know? What, what's he doing in here?" And he was just like, oh, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it." And I'm just sort of thinking, especially you know, in in this instance at the Arsenal game, I know you know there are Palace fans who, who probably wanted to go and were weren't able to get a ticket. I don't know. I think there were some left over, but don't like the idea of there being Arsenal fans in the ground when the Palace fans aren't, if you know what mm. I mean. Um, so on top of everything, that that would piss me off. But yeah, I've, I've seen a video from the bo- one of the boxes as well, which was basically down towards the middle. As I say, we were all the way to the far end, the very last boxes on the far end. And that was more in the middle. But I didn't. I had no idea there was someone in, in one of the boxes who was... Who is there? But it's um, yeah, giving it the video is him giving it large from the box. It's very um, how brave. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, I mean, we we'll get we'll get into the Arsenal game a bit more later, and it's just you know, yeah, scoring scoring the last minute winners great and all that. But I feel like I'll care less about it if it was a stadium full of people and there was away fans in it versus yeah. versus. This is not your evening. This is not your evening. Do you know what I mean? This is yeah. Crystal Palace and Roy Hodgson's evening, and you, you're trying to like, as you always like to say, piss, piss on Mom Fritz. You know, <laughs> yeah, piss on the Fritz. Man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's uh, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into the game a little bit further down. But um, obviously, between this pod and the last pod, what happened, what we said should happen, has happened in terms of Roy making sure his future was known before the Arsenal game, and he's obviously announced all but announced his retirement from football I, I know he says he doesn't want to do that but I, I think in his speech on the pitch after the game it was really he said he's going to miss football and I don't yeah you know unless West Brom throw a load of money at him which could happen I guess for and he might end up there but you know it sounds like he wants to retire it sounds like he's you know he's had enough now finally at last um so Initial thoughts, you know, see, I, I found it weird. I, I was finding myself getting emotional, but feeling a bit hypocritical because I've been yeah. so outs- outspoken against him for the last year. Yeah, I mean, um, when I, I watched his, I don't really watch press conferences that often. I, we, I used to when I first started doing the pod, so we did a bit of research, but we've obviously sacked all that off in the last couple of years. Um, but <laughs> well, we're normally, that, to be fair to us, it's normally because we're recording before the press yeah. conference now. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> um, so I watched his press conference um 
where basically all the questions were about the decision and his career and that. And it was it was quite sad um, because he has had, obviously, a really storied career. He's been really successful. Um, and his speech after the game was really nice as well. And it was good to see a guard of honour before the game, which I hadn't even thought about, to be honest. Uh, but he, he seemed to be quite touched by that. Um, and it is weird because, like you say... We, we've sort of been calling for a change all year, really. I think you and I are pretty similar. Um, but at the same time, you know, we have said it, I had no dislike towards Hodgson. I know some people really took a dislike to him over the course of this year, but, I, you know, I find it hard to dislike someone. He's, he has kept us up. The first couple of years are really good. Um, and he's, he's given us some really good moments. Even when we were shit this year, he still beat Brighton 2-1, which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I could I could never I could never find myself disliking him because he's he just seems like a really nice really nice you know bloke and and all of the players coming out afterwards like Tyrick Mitchell saying what a big impact he's had Will Vandross Cahill you know he's obviously well- I was referring to him as a father wasn't he <laughs> yeah and then you see you know all the managers interviewed obviously no one's going to be horrible about him but you know Mourinho who put a thing up on his Instagram about him and um, Arteta saying what a legend he is and that sort of thing. Um, you know, it, it was a really nice send-off. And, and whilst I do want to change and I do think that it's the right time and I think it suits all parties, um, it was quite sad seeing him go because he is he is a Croydon boy and, you know, he came in when we were at a really, really low ebb and, and turned it around really well. So, um yeah, a shame, a shame the result didn't go the way we wanted. But to be fair, I think at the end of the game, it was quite a positive atmosphere, wasn't it? Yeah, I've, you know, it, it's a shame that he's approached the last season and this season that's just finishing in the way he has. Because look at the second half against Villa and the second half against Arsenal. If we'd have played that more regularly throughout the season, we probably wouldn't. We probably wouldn't be in this. We would never have been in that state with Roy as it, you know, as we all ended up, where so many of us were like, it's de- it's definitely time for it to be over now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And people would, but then if we played more like we did against Villa. People might even be talking about him staying, trying to convince him to stay for another year. You know, like um, play some amazing stuff in those last two games. Um, and it was, it, it was funny, isn't it? Like we, we beat Villa three, two with a nice come behind victory. Um, Roy announces that he's, he's on his way out. Um, he's calling it a day. Uh, everyone, we've got this just completely feel good feeling around the club. And then what happens Wednesday morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, when, when the news about Eze came out, actually, the first thing I saw was a tweet from someone saying, I didn't even get 24 hours of positivity or something. And I was like, oh, that's a weird thing to say. Oh, I wonder what's happened. <laughs> and, then, and then you start reading like the odd bits and pieces. And then obviously you read that Eze's out with a an Achilles injury, which is like six to eight months. It, 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 I mean, it, I'm sure every fan of every club says this, but it really is typical Palace where it's like, oh, it's we, we've had more downs and ups of late, but now it's turning round. Mm. Like you say, feel good atmosphere, great, great second half against Villa. But here you go. We're going to shoot you down. Uh, and I mean, as I had, the last few games have well been absolutely brilliant, I thought as well. So it's like, even for him on a personal note, he's really like 
really getting to grips with the Premier League. He, he's at the point where he can do a bit of defence and we're giving him more sort of creative freedom. And then he's out for eight months. Yeah, and what's, what I found interesting about this injury as well, there's a lot of people were talking about how gutted they were for him personally as well, aside from just being gutted for the team, from what it will mean on the pitch and so on. Because he has like, um, he's just completely won everyone over. Like he's such, it seems like such a genuine guy, um, really happy guy. And um, yes, yeah, you just got to feel so gutted for him. And so hopefully it's, there seems to be mixed things on whether it's a ruptured Achilles or not. And um, But if it is a ruptured Achilles, as we all fear it is, it's it's a terrible injury for any footballer to get. Um, it can take years to actually get back to normal. Um, he does have he does have relative youth on his side in that sense. Um, so hopefully he'll heal up with it better than maybe if he was five years older or something. But, um, you know, Ben Teke, it took him a long time to arguably four years now to get back from an Achilles injury and it was Achilles injury was got a villa but then it was like the subsequent injuries as a result on top of that as well which can come from an Achilles because it's such an important part of your body if you're a sports person that it can really affect the, that whole entire side of your body so yeah that's it and and I think that's Hodgson mentioned it in, in his press conference um, that, that the mental side of it is going to be really big as well and he said that he, he thinks Eze's got a really good sort of spirit about him and, and mental attitude that he's going to be okay. Um, but I think, like, to, to go back briefly to what you just said about winning everyone over, I think that, like, completely includes the rest of the squad as well. You know, Benteke scores against Arsenal and his celebration is holding up a two and a five. Um, Andros was wearing Eze's shirt when they took the photo at the end of the lap of honour for, for Roy. You know, and, and you see all of the players on social media talking about, like, you got this, we're, you know, we're here with you. And for him to win everyone over in, in such a short space of time, obviously not only by what he can do on the pitch, but, like, what a nice bloke he is. Like all the interviews, well, we, we've mentioned this this season as well, all the interviews is here for me, he's, like, happy, loving it, you know, and he just seems like a really positive guy. And I think that that will probably stand him in, in good stead for recovery as well, hopefully. Yeah, it didn't stop one of my mates in the box with me saying when Townsend come out with the Eze shirt on, with Eze on the front, he had it back to front. <laughs> he's only done his Achilles. He's not died, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously everyone is absolutely good. I mean, I was so deflated when I heard the news. It was just felt like, you know, it feels like any new manager that comes in is going to be thinking about you know, the remit's going to be build your team around Eze. Yeah. And um, what does it do now? So we, we'd go into next season thinking we need two centre-backs and probably two central midfielders. But now Eze's out. What, what does it do to our summer transfer plans? Does it throw them up in the air? Do we, we need do we need to add another attacker if we on top of what we already have now? Is, or is it going to be try and dip into the loan market for that? What, what do you reckon the path is? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's going to be very, very difficult because, I mean, you're also factoring in some of these out-of-contract players and I'm sure some contract negotiations, negotiations have already happened, but still there's a lot up in the air. So I don't know how well we can bank on some of them staying if we want them to. You know, does Benteke stay? You know, we stood by him when he was not scoring. 
hopefully he'll stay in Bears when he is, but there's no, you know, he doesn't have to. So like you say, adding all that together and then saying, well, do we now go out and replace Eze, which is tough and not cheap? Or do we sort of say, well, hopefully he'll be back by Christmas and won't show any ill effects and he's the player that he has been this year? On to, you know, for all of this is going on. We don't even have a manager lined up uh, to replace Roy yet. So th- it's going to be difficult. I think every decision we make over the next month or two is going to be huge for the club. I don't, I don't think we should undersell it because the amount of upheaval that's going on anyway has now been compounded by our arguably our most creative player this season being out for half a season next year. So it's tough. I don't, I don't know what we do. I, I think a lot of it depends on the new manager. Um, I don't suppose we have a huge amount of money. We've got some. But like I say, replacing Eze is difficult because he is a very, very good player. And I think we got a very good deal on him as it was. So trying to replace him, Mm. I don't know if we'll be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, as I say, I, I... I think we still need to concentrate on the other positions that we need. Like we need centre backs. Although after going to the under twenty threes game on Monday, um, get get into that a little bit. Jay Rich Bagalu, um, get get him near the first team. I mean, he does everything for the modern day centre back. He looks like he's he's some prospect here. Um, so maybe that's an option there, but we, you know, we've got we've got we've got to freshen up centre back position. We just have to. We're so old there, and it started to tell this season um, towards the back end. So, well, look at it now. Well, we've we're up to sixty five goals conceded. I think it's we're you know we could if Liverpool stuff us up again on the weekend, it could um, it could really challenge. I think ninety seven, ninety eight. I think we conceded seventy one odd goals, something like that. Um, but well, yeah, we, what we I think it's sixty five are up to this season, and it's just it's so many goals, and it's not down to our goalkeeper. It's not like we have a dodgy goalkeeper. We no. have a very very sound goalkeeper in between the sticks, you know. So and I, and I think a lot of a lot of it, and a lot has been made of the average age of the squad. But I mean, I'm sure I don't know the stats offhand, but I'm sure we must be near the top for like late goals conceded. Oh, absolutely! Oh, we are we are the worst in the division for the last fifteen minutes and the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. I think, and and I mean it's certainly the last fifteen. It's I don't think it's a coincidence that we've got an old, an old squad and over the course of a season we let in a lot of goals near the end. Mm. Um, and we we don't really rotate. And this is another thing where we've talked about why doesn't Martin Kelly get a game because he's compared to the rest of the defense, he ain't old and he is good and he hasn't had a look in. You know, it was, I thought it was good to see Tonks back. On on uh, Wednesday, um, but I mean, there's talk of giving Dan another year, which I don't think I'd do. Um, I, yeah, I think I think centre backs are, are, are a big priority, and the forward positions as well. I think you know we, Mishi's obviously going back. Mateta, I assume, will stay with us next year. I hope he will. Well, it's an eighteen month loan, so yeah. he should be with us next year. Although. I mean, I was having some conversations with people uh, uh, in the box on Wednesday who I would suggest would know, and they're saying he's dropped off a cliff in training. Really? Does that surprise you, though? Well, the, that's what we talked about last week, where Roy was like, oh, there are some players on the bench, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
if you ne- if you know you're not going to get a game or you're going to get 15 minutes here and there when you're losing, it's pretty tough to be motivated, I suppose, isn't it? I mean, yeah. of course, you should still be professional, but yeah. I mean, uh, you score an amazing backhill against the rivals, have a pretty solid game in that, and only to be hauled off and then not see the first team again yeah. for seven or eight games. And that's no slight on, like, obviously, Benteke's been absolutely brilliant the last sort of mm. last half of the season, I would say, and he's scoring loads of goals now. But it's more the sort of when you're bringing these players on, at what position the team are in, or what time of the game. And, and you know, I would like to have seen him come on against Arsenal. I, I like Ayu. I think Ayu's oh, oh, a good player. Um, he's not obviously had as good a season this year as last, but he's playing oh, a lot. One goal tells you that, I think. Um, and I would like to have seen Mateta just, just run at him, just have a run, you know, because I, I think Arsenal's defence is pretty pony. Um, oh, it just seemed illogical to bring Ayu on when they were struggling with Benteke in the air so much. Mm-hmm. So just bring on another tall guy up front yeah, who Mateta's yeah. shown that he can win the ball in the air. So get him on there. And he's got that little bit more mobility about him as well. So he could... He, could really cause them a lot of problems, but we'll never know now. <laughs> That's it, and and so like if you're looking at the forward lines, I mean, I I really hope Benteke stays because if Benteke does go elsewhere, then we, I mean, that's another massive problem that we have to fill, especially in in the form that he's in now, where he just he just looks like he's going to score every game. And when you're a team like Palace, who don't create that much mm. over the course of the season, we haven't anyway. You know, having someone who looks like they're going to score every game is, you know pretty priceless so yeah I agree with you I think centre halves and the forward positions are the are the real priorities and maybe a maybe a like we've said many times a fabled box-to-box midfielder mm. <laughs> yeah. oh, or maybe just the new manager will convince himself that MacArthur's still got the legs in him to do that uh <laughs> Back of the Nest, sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fun time videos, choose your match day squad, post match ratings, and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, last last one. You you always want a Frenchman to come to Palace. Now talking of forward positions, we've been linked with. Um, Got to be careful. How I say this. FC Nantes forward, um, Randall Colo Muani. Um, now you had a quick Google of him because you've never heard of him. Now I, I did eight goals in six, eight goals and four assists this season, maybe for Nantes. 
Um, but that wasn't what caught your eye. Um, not to pick up on your pronunciation, but it does sound like you're saying nuns. <laughs> That's why I was saying I've got to be careful how I say this. <laughs> and, how and, how and, do you say and, it? Not. Not. Okay. And when I continue with this story, that becomes <laughs> even more apparent. So, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know him. Um, so I thought I'll go on his Wikipedia, see what he's like. And under the personal life section, I'm, I'm going to read. I'm going to read verbatim and. I think producer Sam will have her bleep button ready. Uh, it says, in February 2021, it was rumoured that Colo Moane was the subject of a controversial video filmed by William Saliba in 2018 that showed a French youth international teammate touching himself. Colo Moane has denied on social media he was even in the same dressing room as Saliba, as you would. Yeah, I mean, when you when you sent that to me as well, what to, for added fun for me? I was reading that as saliva. <laughs> um, hmm. I, I, I mean, the whole straight out denial of ever being in a changing room right. with him when they, it's probably very easy to prove otherwise. And, and and I think the only the only positive you could get out of this is which I put in the chat and I was very proud of is saying that you could consider that the Demwani shot. <laughs> I mean, that's if that's the silver lining, you know, you're in trouble. Well, it wasn't the worst thing you put in there with saying that perhaps, perhaps Neil Shifley's our scout now. <laughs> um, I'm just going to drop friend of the pod, Simon Phillips, in it for that. That was Simon Phillips' suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with either of us, indeed. <laughs> right, so the Arsenal game. Um, oh, so I can't even remember. They, they took the lead, didn't they? This, I'm so, so I can't remember all the Palace hours I drunk in the box. I'm not like <laughs> uh, this might be a bit of a struggle for me, but um, yeah, they got they got off to a bit of a fast start, and um, for for the amount of booing he was getting, Tierney was actually getting quite a lot of joy down the left hand side, and that their opening goal was a pretty good goal, very yeah. well worked move, and you could sort of see it coming, like you said. Um, I mean, I was stood, I was in block C for the game, so I was stood basically as he was running towards us, right sort of in front of him and I'm sure you were you were giving him welcoming um hand gestures and I was well apparently Vanessa and me were on were on BT and and my our friend sent a photo of it and I was like I'm I'm glad that wasn't about 10 minutes earlier because it would have been a, <laughs> a very different photo um but yeah he, he got down he got down past them um, Ward pretty easily and I guess no I think it was Pepe when he no, no one was picking him up when he came in which is annoying because I don't I don't like either of those guys, so that pissed me off a little bit. It's a good finish, though. It was a good finish. Um, if, if you've li- if you've listened to um, oh, it was Zaha on a podcast. I can't remember which one it was on, but he talked about how uh, Pepe snores really loudly as well, so he doesn't deserve anything from life, as far as I'm concerned. No, he doesn't. And I, <laughs> yeah, fine. I'll add that to the list. I like that. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it had been coming. I think they they started pretty well, and they put two or three really good crosses into the box, which Guetta had dealt with quite well, and, and one sort of zipped past everyone. So it was less of a less of a shot when they scored. But then you know we had a couple of chances for Benteke headers that I thought he he, he would have scored. Um, but thankfully, half time seemed to do us quite a lot of good, didn't it? Well, it's kind of like similar to the veins of the Villa game where they kind of took the lead and thought that they'd done the job. They thought that was it, business business finished and took their foot, took their foot off the gas a bit. And uh, yeah, but half-time was excellent. I mean, one of you know Roy's penultimate half-time speak, a half-time talk obviously did 
did a good job of it and um it all culminated the pressure culminated in um a Townsend free kick that he's beautifully celebrating before Benteke even heads it home. <laughs> I did say that. And it's even um, there's a someone's filmed filmed it from the crowd on in the Arthur Waits. And he's not alone. Like that's how much faith we've regained in Benteke because there were lots of people celebrating already. Nice. Uh, before the cross went in. Or as the cross went in. So um It was a great and it was a great ball. I mean obviously you'd want Benteke on the end of it, but yeah, per- perfect spot. So at that point, obviously I'm Mr. Miserable, but at that point I, w- I was just thinking, you know, we can we can have them because I don't think they're very good. I think they're a very soft, I think they're a very soft team. I think they've got a lot of work to do if they're ever going to be, you know, the force they used to be. All this, I mean, I'm sure we mentioned anyway, but just talk of them being in the European Super League when they were talking about it. I mean, they're in trouble if they think they're a Super League club. Yeah, well, I mean, as as we say, there's been lots of um, you've been having you know mini arguments with Arsenal fans. You know, they're all trying to. I've even had messages from Arsenal fans who I haven't spoke to for ages who are phoning me up, like texting me, trying to give me banter, and I'm like, "You're why are you trying to banter a team that finishes lower mid table like every season? <laughs> you used to like go seasons unbeaten and win the Premier League. Like, what has happened to your club?" You don't need to be ratioing like a team that's happy to finish 11th, mate. So, <laughs> mm, Indeed. But um, I guess the game really hinged at the end on... Um, it was an end-to-end moment where Zaha got released over the top and I think it was, I assume it was Gabriel who was tracking him back. Is that yeah. who they've got the back? Yeah. Um, and it was one of those moments where you just thought, this this is you, Will. If you've got him one-on-one, you can... You can have a guy and beat him, get a shot off, and maybe we can score a winner here. But um, as so often recently, not really looks himself. In, yeah, in that I agree. Like he, he sort of wanted to take an extra touch or an extra two touches, and by the time he'd done that, the the guy had got back. And you just sort of think of Wilf as maybe not this season, but which is hard to say because he scored eleven goals. But in the past, he just he he loved racing past people. He'd do a little trick, he'd get past them, and he'd pop a shot off. And I think if he'd have done, if he'd have done that, we we would have gone two one up, and that would have been it. So yeah, it's a bit bit of a shame. But as you say, they sort of went right up the other end, and I don't I don't even really know what happened for their second goal because it sort of I don't know from from where we were, there was a lot of players in front of the ball. Yeah, well, it was just it was yeah the, the Odegaard just dinked in a lovely little ball right in that corridor of uncertainty, as they call it. And that was it. The defender missed it. It's bounced up off Martinelli, sort of looped over Guaita. There's nothing he can do about it. And it just sort of flimsily chops into the bottom left-hand corner. And then that that was it, basically. We were, everyone fell to the ground. You could see the players were gutted. And I yeah. assume it was just as much gutted for not being able to see it out for Roy in that sense. But yeah. Um, yeah, they just at that point the game was over, and you just felt if they attacked again, they were going to score again because our players were just you know visibly gutted about what had happened. But um, yeah, it's a shame because I also thought there was because when they said VAR was looking at it, obviously looking at the, a potential penalty on Zaha, you you just kind of like this is in terms of you know we, we've all been outspoken about how we're not fans of VAR on this podcast but that's the ultimate 
they score a goal and it gets pulled back for a Palace penalty at the other end. That's oh, yeah. that's the ultimate VAR, isn't it? And I mean, it's happened. It's happened a few times already over the recent years when there's been VAR decisions that have done that, and that is the absolute ultimate. Where, yeah, you know, goal overturned plus you've got a chance to get the winner. But um, alas, no, it was. Um, it, I mean, it just wasn't a penalty, was it? Um, just a good. He just defended really, really well, and. Um, yeah, and then Pepe scores another one with a few minutes to go, and um, that was that. But uh, didn't put dampeners on the evening. Nice, um, you know, uh, in, well, I guess presentation for Ray Lewington and Roy Hodgson at the end of the game. It's easy to for, to forget that Lewington's going as well, and this is obviously yeah. set, second spell to come. I, I mean, he might have even had multiple spells back in the day <laughs> because yeah. there were so much comings and goings, particularly with Coppel at that time. So who knows? But yeah, it was... Um, you know, I've been a fantastic servant to the club down the years. And yeah, it was like it was. All right. I didn't feel like it really reached the emotional heights that I thought it made. To be honest, I feel like I don't know. Maybe it was a, a bit of a dampener on the result at the end or something. But it was. It, uh, to be honest, I was just happy to be back there. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it's. I thought the atmosphere was all right when it got going. Obviously, it's tough when people are not sitting or standing where they normally do. So everyone's dotted about. So we had people in the middle of the homestyle singing one song, but then the Arthur was singing another one. And we, where we were, we were sort of in the middle. Um, but I just, you know, I, 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 we've talked about this a lot on the pod, but I just really miss going to football. You know, it's a yeah. big part of all of our lives. And it, to be able to go there and, and see Palace play, for only the second time this season in person when, you know, for the last 32 years, I think, I've mm. basically gone to every game. Um, I was just happy to just happy to be there. Um, cool that it's a nice day out, banter from Arsenal fans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I wasn't expecting, I don't really know what I was expecting, to be honest. I was honestly just happy to go. So I thought it was all right. I thought, it it didn't really feel like a. I don't know. I don't know if it felt like a really competitive Premier League game as it would if we had the ground full and everyone was going crazy. Um, but I think maybe that's because it's the end of the season. We're safe. Today's about Roy more than anything else. You know, I don't know if that sort of took the edge off it a little bit. Mm. Yeah, potentially. Um... You got a man of the match. I mean, I thought I thought Kiati had a really good game, and I thought Benteke was really, really good as well. Um, yeah, they they beat my two. Um, Benteke, I mean, Benteke was just a real handful. He he, he was back to the Velcro chest Benteke, where he just yeah. everything sort of stuck to him. Um, and I thought checking midfield, yeah, yeah. And I think you got you got to give an honourable mention to Andros as well. He was um, tirelessly running, got. Um, Really caused a lot of problems down the right in the second half, and it's it's interesting that Townsend's reemergence of form has come where his job is to put your head down, run down the flank, and clip across into Benteke. It's very simple for him, very simple instruction, for, and kind of makes you think, you know, how well he um, 
defends how he's had that drilled into him he's he seems to take instructions on board really well so if you're it's quite simple you think he's like Salako back in the day it's like mm-hmm. get down the flank cross the ball for Mark Bright in the middle or cross the ball for Chris Armstrong that's just basically how it is and um, he seems to be taken to it really really well so um, I, I mean I, I, I can't I imagine any new manager coming in is going to want to offer him a new contract I would imagine yeah I think I mean he he's not the most skillful player. He's not. He wouldn't be first name and team sheet for me or anything like that. But I think to have someone like him in the squad, where if you want to rest a player or you need someone who can just run a lot for for the last twenty minutes, something like that. I think he's a useful player to have in the squad. Um, he's and he's reliable. You know, he's. I think you can count on him to be professional, and I don't mean that in a sort of detrimental way. Yeah, I just think he's he's probably a great player to coach because like you say he takes stuff on I feel like he just gets on with things he seems like a pretty intelligent bloke um so I'd imagine I'd be surprised if he didn't get a contract to be honest Mm, yeah okay um I mean we can just we'll very briefly (laughs) I'm taking billing this as the preview pod is an absolute shambles to be honest (laughs) uh, let's let's briefly touch on Liverpool um yeah, it's really it's funny how things work out in football that Roy Hodgson would be calling a day this season and he's probably deep down he's probably known that from a very early on in the season maybe even at the start of the season it's going to be his last season but ends up where arguably he had his worst time as a club football manager of all of the five months he spent at Anfield <laughs> yeah I liked I did like in his press conference that someone mentioned about how we're we going to a former club and he said, I suppose technically they are a former club, but I was only there for sort of five minutes. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I mean, Liverpool fans are absolutely not fond of him in the way that a lot of the clubs he managed are. Um, but yeah, I mean, decent place to bow out, isn't it? Anfield, I suppose. Mm. I mean, it would be fun. Obviously, Roy is just not that sort of person where he's going to be like, oh, I'd love to go out with a win against, you know, those guys, and particularly because it's such a huge game for them in terms yeah. of, you know, the finances that the Champions League brings. And, you know, it's kind of after after they've won the Champions League and then won their first ever Premier League to go to be on such a dizzying heights and then for it all just in the space of a year to just go horribly wrong. <laughs> In, in terms of not even qualifying for the Champions League would, you know, be a big struggle for them. I mean, you do you do get signs of discontent uh, between, you know, Mane in recent weeks has seemingly been a bit of a nuisance and stuff like that. So you can really like, you can see the cracks starting to appear and if they don't qualify for the Champions League, it could end up with a complete breaking up of that squad and um, you never know what would happen, and yeah, like I say, we'd like to all think that Roy would think that. But as fans, like as as a football fan, I'd 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 love it if he he went there and beat them, as Keegan once said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it would be a good fun, and we you know we've shown we can do it in the past. We even gave him a game there, not last season, the season before, the last one with fans. Only lost four three there in the champ in the season they won the championship because you know teams are going there and getting flattened, yeah. and uh, we went in there and actually gave him a game. Um, and to be honest, if it, um, we had a goalkeeper, we had an injury, didn't we? So Jules had to play that game, and it was his first game for Yonks, and um, it was very clear that he'd, he'd lost. I don't know, you lose a yard as a goalkeeper, but he'd certainly lost something, bless him. And um, yeah, made, well, made a couple of errors, didn't he, for goals? So very, very bizarre game. I mean, that, that game even had the lesser spotted Max Meyer goal. 
Oh. I actually missed it as well. I'd left by then because I'd um, uh, I had a very tight train after it to get back. Cause it was, I think, it was a Sunday evening game, and um, we were like four two down, and there was a couple of minutes left. I was like, I'm just going to get out of here and get back to the train station. And I'm walking past that big new main stand, and it's like there's quite a lot of glass on it, and you can see it. And I was looking on the TV, and I was like looks like max meyer's running away sort of half celebrating i must be i must be seeing that wrong so get the phone out oh no it's max Meyer. <laughs> you just reminded me i saw a tweet on wednesday which said uh i've waited 14 months to watch palace and i was in the bogs when we scored <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah that's sad um but yeah so we I, i've i've I mean, can we go there and give him a game? Roy has already mentioned this week how things aren't running as normal at the training ground because everyone's doing presentations to him, even the players are like doing things for him. And, you know, it's going to be a week of, you know, or at least a few days of things being a bit of a party atmosphere in the background. Um, but could that help us in that sense of just, you know, the pressure's all the pressure's completely off? Um, it's Liverpool, one's under all the pressure. Um, we can just go out there and enjoy it. Maybe. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I wonder what happens if we try to go out and enjoy it. Um, I don't know. I, I Look, I think it's going to be a very difficult game. Like you say, Liverpool have got something to play for as well. So it's not like they're just going to sort of piss about on a Sunday afternoon and sort of hope for the best. So, I, I mean, I just it's one of those games. I'm just assuming we're going to lose fairly comfortably. I hope we don't get battered. And I hope that Arsenal turn up against Brighton. I mean, that's all I'm hoping for on Sunday, to be honest. Yeah, we, yeah, it wouldn't be nice to have them finish above as well. It'd be the, only the second time in 40 years, I'd imagine. I, was, so I guess the last time they finished above us, in the, the only time they finished above us in the last 40 years was the season we beat them in the playoffs. It was indeed. So it doesn't really count, does it? Uh, no. And to be fair, even if they do finish above us this year, they didn't beat us, did they? So... No, it was one all at home, wasn't it? It was one all last, at home. Last minute goal, yes. Uh, what bragging rights can they really have? Indeed. Right, so the only other things that I wanted to mention about, um, we won't do predictions. I'm not, I don't want to hear your misery predictions. Um, uh, so the commiserations to the under-18s who missed out on the title on the goal difference, um, bringing head to a head. <laughs> imagine we beat Fulham twice this season and lose to a goal difference crazy that we just had that mental slip against Norwich and against Spurs it's so bizarre that we got absolutely hammered by Spurs in one of the games and then threw away a 2-0 lead against Norwich I think it was insane it's still still a massive achievement because I think Fulham they won the league last year as well so they're obviously a really strong academy and for us to come in year one of being a category one and run them so close. I mean, losing on goal difference is pretty mm. rough, isn't it? So really, really great season for them. Yeah, brilliant. And the under-23s have also pinned some results together at the back of the season, which has culminated them getting a playoff spot. And they're now subsequently in the playoff final after beating Wolves in the semi at uh, um Brilliant night down there on Monday. Really, really good. Um, I'd probably say there was pushing a 1,000 people there that night. Really good atmosphere, um, really good performance as well, you know, going 2 up. And then they scored two pretty good goals to get back yeah, to 2-2. Really but then the extra time uh, winner by David Omalabu, you just can't hold him down. I mean, he came on. He looks, size-wise, he just looks like a kid compared to everyone yeah. on the pitch. Um, so I do think um, 
calls for him to get in the first team might be a little bit premature. He's got a little bit of a little bit more growing to do. But then you say that, and he's just if you're in the right position and the defender can't track you, they can't use their strength on you. And that's basically what happened. And he scored after a was it uh, who did he play the one two with? Was it Street? He played Street, the yeah, with, yeah. And um, scores, he's caught, I think, second for them and 23rd overall for the season. Something like that. Fantastic. He, he, he would know, but all they talk about in commentary is about he, he knows every stat that you could know about himself. So. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, great um, post-match interview with him as well. Um, so. it, it was. He's, he's got the... He's got the the company lined down Pat and he ended his interview with be loud, be proud, be pious. <laughs> and you even heard Chris and chuckling in the background in <laughs> shock, just being like, um, and everyone's saying you must have told him, you must have told him to say that. But last no apparently came up with himself. Um, so yes, yeah, so that puts the under 23s in the final one because Palace were the highest remaining seeds. The final was held at Sellers Park. So that'll be this coming Monday where 1700 tickets have already been sold. Um, Lashley won't be there, Heskiff, because it's your missus' birthday. So. It is. I, I'm not sure I can miss my wife's birthday for the reserves Division 2 playoff final. <laughs> not sure, not sure I, I'd get away with that, to be honest. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be down there. Uh, it's quite a lot of us going, actually. Or basically, all the lot I go with on a, on a regular basis are going to be down there to watch it. So really excited for that one. Uh, last trip to Sellers before um, the summer of all summers. I mean, I can't remember a summer where we've like in the last decade. In the last decade, we had a summer more important than this. Probably. I mean, so, so I'll say, I mean, ten, ten, eleven, ten, eleven summer going into ten, eleven when it was making sure we kept Sproni, making sure we kept Ambrose and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, short set. I guess. Uh, I guess you could argue there's been um, the summer when Pulis left us right in the lurch at the end of it. Uh, or just you know before it but that was you know that was right at the end of the summer that you know we're getting into the season already but yes this i think is a defining summer um the appointment's got to be right it's got to be quick we can't do what we've done in the past like with the boar or with pulis as it was at the time you know taking a very long time to employ someone we've been doing the interviews the interviews seven interviews um happened uh during the, the last international break um i think the clear favorites of those are starting to filter through now in in the press you're starting to get um your your Daishis, your coopers your ishmaels and your jakanoviches are your i think those are the ones who are basically at the top um Lampard was never in with a shout as I would tell anyone who wanted to listen on Twitter but no one wanted to listen and just tell me I was wrong but Lampard getting his uh, you can't find me I quit well I mean and that was you know I I get told a lot of stuff about what's going on behind the scenes at Palace and it, to be honest it's quite tedious at times I don't like it like it spoils the fun a bit like you, you don't find out you find out stuff before it's happening you also find out a lot of stuff that gets you excited and then doesn't end up panning out <laughs> yeah. and, and those are even worse but um, the reason why I was and I, I keep quiet on most of these things and the reason why I was a bit more you know vocal about Lampard is because I just knew what was going to happen I knew he was going to be like this and so uh, it was going to be billed by his agent that he's pulled out a race where in reality just had a nightmare of an interview. So that was, that was that for Lampard. So yeah, I think um, there's a good chance there's going to be one of those four. I know Nuno Espirito Santos has come out of a job today at Wolves, but I mean, 
if he doesn't end up at Spurs, I'd be very, very surprised. Yeah. I mean, I obviously have no inside knowledge about what's going on at Spurs or Wolves, but it just seems like it just seems like it's got it's got Spurs written all over it, right? It's it's got to be. Yeah, that, as soon as I read that he was leaving Wolves, that was my first thought. Makes makes sense, you know. I, I reckon that's nailed on. Yeah, I know Wolves had a bit of a tougher year this year, but he's, what a job he's done there. I mean, I know they've had ridiculous investment and they were given, you know, they the team that got about the championship was a joke of a team. Yeah. They're basically half the Portuguese oh, 11 in there. So, yeah, so maybe, maybe you know, give him, give him a bit more of a, I don't know, give him a bit more of a budget you're going to get. I don't know. It's, it's so hard to know, you know, that you think we've been linked with Cooper. So I've gone around looking around at Swansea and see what's going on. You can find many Swansea fans who are very not happy with him. So um, you you can't find a Barnsley fan who is unhappy with Ishmael. That's for sure. Um, I think probably the same is probably true of Dyche and Burnley, where even if he has some shortcomings, I think Burnley fans are like, look, he's, he'll do it. He'll do a good job. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. I mean, Dyche is gonna unless he wants to come in and try something a bit different at a different club, and um, you know, feel like he, a different sort of player set, and maybe a different bit of a bit more money to spend. Maybe he'll try and do something different. Who knows? But I mean, at the moment, I think it's going to be one one of those four aforementioned. Um, unless something you know, someone loses their job over the next couple of weeks, that is just too good to turn down. But yeah. Um, don't be surprised if it's one of those one of those four and I can't tell I honestly couldn't tell you if I knew because I don't think the club know yet so <laughs> even if I knew listeners I wouldn't be able to tell you who it was um, because they don't know so we'll just have to wait and see I might start turning bl- blocking my blocking my sources <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't have to hear um, just any any anything else that you want to add before we close off for the season? Just for the season, though, not for the off-season Amazon Prime review shows of the yeah the documentary I'll be doing. Remember to look out for those. Um, but anything uh, before we we head off? Yeah, I, I tend to. I think I've done this the last two seasons, um, so I, I don't want to forget to do it or not do it. Um, Lewis Dunk is goes without goes without saying there you um, go that's, that's how i like to f- sign off <laughs> sign off from the season uh yeah i mean thanks to everyone for listening putting up with us through the year um we really really appreciate um you taking the time out of your week to listen to us we hope we've brought you some laughs down the season um no plans for us not to be back next season i'm you know i, I we can't sign on by year on year basis, I guess. We're look, we're all out of contract, I imagine. But um can't really talk for Albert because he's never in the first place. <laughs> yeah, you you and I are definitely back. Well, Albert's like the Connor Wickham of the <laughs> the, the squad, always out injured, and um, you know we're more like Waldy and um, James McArthur. Although saying that, he's been. Um... <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, so we'll we'll be back next season. Um, Unfortunately, we wanted to bring you. We, we were in talks with Clinton Morrison and Darren Ambrose to get them on the show for today, but um, it was all in spon- in a sponsorship deal. Who won't get mentioned now because they didn't come through, did they? Well, Darren Ambrose said that he was very keen until he found out it was the rice pudding table. So they wanted him on. Our calls. Well, if I if I if I knew that the um, the guy. Uh, 
the guy was going to let us down for Ambrose, I would have just tapped him up at the dinner on Wednesday and said, like, has he? But I don't like, I also don't like doing that. Like, I should have really tapped him up for the future, but um, I didn't because I just, you know, he's just there having a night. Do you know what I mean? I don't really want to be like, you can't go anywhere. Come on my podcast. I will not accept no for an answer kind of scenario. But, yeah. but anyway, look, I'm rambling on. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back next season, but please in the off season as from june 4th listen out for our review pods of the amazon prime documentary we're going to try something a little bit different with that and have a laugh with it hopefully so for one more time this season until next season up the palace it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.